season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. the JKR Podcast. My name is Jay Shriegel and I'm the host. Just want to welcome you back to week three of season two today. Today we have Evolve Baseball Training CEO and top tier strength coach Andy Badoka on the show. Met him through opening weekend guests TJ Schuyler and Max Clark. He's the trainer for both of them guys. Um, today we just have a great conversation over an hour long, so I believe that's broken my record here for season two. Um, today we talk a little bit about the start of Evolve Baseball Training, how he built his brand by reaching out to different players. Um, how he just continues to build on that success, the different programs that he offers at Evolve Baseball Training. And we also dig in a little bit to some tweets he's had in the past and why it's important to get in the weight room pretty early on in your career. So let's hop into the interview, and I hope you guys enjoy. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. As you know, my name is Jay Shrigling, and I'm the host. Today I've got Evolved Baseball Training CEO and top-tier baseball strength coach, Andy Badoka, on the show. Andy, I'm super pumped to have you on the show today. How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm doing very, very well. Awesome. Awesome to hear. Uh, so one thing I've been doing this year for season two is I'll start off the episode with asking one simple question, and then we'll get rolling with the rest of the interview. But for those who don't know who you are, how would you describe yourself? So for those that uh, don't know me, um, no, in two different forms is one, as you mentioned, I run a company. I do online baseball remote uh, for athletes. Um, I like to describe myself as um, very passionate at what I do and just really put as much effort as I really can at whatever I do in life. And I think that part has really allowed me to have the passion for the business and training people but I would say just passion and just putting as much effort as I really can is the two big things that no a lot of people really describe me and what I describe myself so I would say those two things so yeah awesome so before we dig into evolved baseball training I kind of want to dig into your background and kind of what stuff you've done in the past so where exactly are you located Sure. Yeah. So um, I'm from Illinois in the suburbs um, and I've been here, you know, all my life and that's currently where I'm at. Um, I don't plan on going anywhere else. Um, I feel like this is where I need to be. Maybe down in the future, something, you know, business opportunity happens. But as of right now, you know, just in the suburbs of uh, Illinois. Okay. So how's, how are this, what suburb of Illinois are you in? Um, so I'm like in the, uh, Tilly Park, Frankfurt, Mokina area. Okay. So uh, did you go to school in the Illinois area or did you um, did you go to school anywhere? So the one thing, you know, talking with the business and everything then is, you know, I graduated in high school in 2016 and I decided not to go to college and I still haven't. Okay. Um, so that's, you know, something that, you know, we'll kind of really explain and go into detail of how I kind of started the business. So, yeah. So obviously, as you mentioned the business, let's kind of dig into it. Um, so what exactly is Evolve Baseball Training? So give the listeners a little bit of a summary for it. 
So Evolve Baseball um, started in 2019. Um, really, it was just a brand at first. Um, because like I said, you know, I wanted to try and do something for myself and try to do a lot of different things. So I kind of created this brand. Didn't really know exactly what I wanted to be. Um, I started out as like a clothing company and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, when the pandemic hit, um, that's when it kind of, you know, the light bulb came up and it's like, all right, you know, I love the game of baseball and, um, you know, I, I love training kids. I was training people on the side before that, you know, nothing crazy, just whatever. And I was like, you know what? You know, we're in the pandemic. The first two or three weeks we're all at home. And I kind of just decided to kind of research and kind of just, you know, browse things. And I came across with driveline baseball and looking at Kyle's documentary of how he started driveline. And no, after watching that video, it just, I was like, that's it. That's kind of what I want to do. And then I like that, they gave me a little bit of the light bulb. And then, you know, always watching Gary Vaynerchuk, always his inspiration and stuff like that. And one of his videos I've always listened to before is if you're going to do something, do it for six months. And if it doesn't work, try something different. But if it does work, keep going with it. So that's kind of how I started. So um, I was like, no, let's make this as a baseball company, training players and everything. So what I kind of did was from um, about April, um, I started DMing kids, you know, left and right, whoever I could think of. And I got about in that April to October, that six month period, like what he said. And I got about 15, 18 people and I just did it for free. Um, and I kind of just kept going with it. I was like, okay, no, I got my name out there a little bit, whatever. And then October, I started the Instagram page. That's my bigger following and everything of 2020. And then October, December, I got up to roughly 30, 35 guys. Half of them, you know, was for free and then half of them were paying. I'm like, okay, now I'm getting traction. Now it's the new year. What do I do? How do I get bigger? How do I keep growing? So now it's 2021. So it's a year late, year ago from this. And I'm just like, okay, what do I need to do? So I was like, you know what? Let me go to the perfect game um, classes at the time. You know, 2024, 2023, 2022, and 2021. I'm just going to DM the top 10 players of each class and everything. Uh, I think I did 2025 as well. So I think 50 and obviously only two people responded back. Um, that was Thomas White and Max Clark. Other 48 didn't respond. Didn't even look at him. Like, okay. Expected because you know, they're bigger names. They're probably not going to look at it or see it. But you no, know, I messaged those two. Thomas White said, um, no, I'm good. But I appreciate you. Appreciate, you know, reaching out and everything. You no. Know? And then Max like, no, let's give it a try. Let's do it. So, you know, and then I kind of, Went with that. Um, you know, at the time, you know, with Max, you know, he wasn't really that big of a following, you know, 8,000, 9,000. Now he's up to 40. So, you no, know, it's good for him. He's a very, very good kid. Um, and he, he he works really hard. And I'd be lying if I said that he didn't help me. And, um, you know, he does have, has helped. But, you know, from January to March, nothing really, no traction really. And then March was my very, very first big hit. I don't know how, I don't know why. I thought when the season started, not that many people would join. But March was a big one. And then it just kind of kept rolling a little bit, not too much. 
April, May, June, just a little bit, maybe three guys there, four guys there a month. And then the off season of 2021 in August was big. 36 kids joined, then 26 in September, so on and so forth. Since August, I've been averaging about 20 um, a month. You know, it's just been growing and growing and growing. Now, the one big thing about the business is I just give out free stuff like crazy, um, content, content, content. So just about the business is I just kept with it. I'd be consistent, the content with everything, uh, DMing, responding back to kids, commenting, posting them. I think that was the reason why I grew so much in, you know, 16, 17 months is, you know, being consistent in everything. And that's kind of where I'm at now with everything. So, yeah. So you mentioned March 2021 was a big month for you. You said the first few months before that um, you didn't, you weren't really adding too many new clients, but then March <clears throat> you gained quite a few. So what kind of flipped that switch in your head? Like what, what makes you think that flip switch so, so highly? Um, like I said, I'd be lying if it wasn't for Max, but I would say maybe a little bit of posting of Max and when Max was getting a little bit more traction and posting him, I think it kind of hit a little bit. I think it gave a couple eight to 10 weeks for me posting Max and everyone else. And it kind of clicked, but I'd be lying if I say that it wasn't for Max, but um, I think that's what it was. And then it just gave me a couple more names and then it just kept going like that. So I think, I think, you know, a lot of credit is to Max Clark. I, I really appreciate everything he's done for me, um, but it's, he's probably the reason why that first big month was a hit. Okay. So you mentioned when you did you did decide to switch the overall branding of the company um, to actually being um, baseball training. Who who were those initial players that you reached out to, and what were the reasonings for those? Yeah, so uh, this is actually I, I like talking about this a lot. Um, so the first three I contacted were Ben. He lives in uh, New Hampshire. Uh, Andrew lives in Massachusetts and Dallas lives in um, Washington. Um, so those three people stick out right away because they're the first three people that I just messaged and they started. You know, when I when I message people in April and May, I messaged probably 500 kids and I only got like eight kids out of it, whatever. But those three kids stick out. I'm still very, 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 very close with them to this day. You know, we talk every day and everything. Um, I only trained one of the two. Um, Dallas went on to move on to working at Driveline, and he's actually going to be a big part of that. So I'm very happy for him. Andrew is doing very well. UMass University and Ben is with me still. But um, I just reached out to those three. They were the building of everything. Um, they stuck with me and everything trusted in me. Um, and then the other kids, they just, you know, they're, they're not with me, though. Um, the kids I – you know, other kids I reached out for uh, for training and everything. I just looked at companies on Twitter. That's what I did. Um, the uh, any 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 Twitter accounts or baseball that were like retweeting or liking kids' posts of like their highlights, whatever. I'll just DM them, and I'm getting an answer right away. Either it's a yes, or either it's a no, or they don't respond, or they say. Uh, no, thank you, but whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was very hard to get these kids to trust me because I'm messaging random people and I have no following and everything. But I go back to Gary V says, just keep going for six months straight, no matter what. So um, that's kind of what I did at the start. 
Okay. So once you did get some of those clients, what was the biggest way that you kind of made sure you uh, took full advantage of the opportunity you were given? What do you mean by that? So how did, how did you, let's, let's see how I want to word this. Um, so when you did finally get those clients, you said Dallas, Ben, and what was yeah. the third one? Yeah. Andrew, yeah. Okay. So how did you make sure you fully service them the, the best way that way you knew they were getting the, the best of, of their ability the best of your ability so uh like with everyone um you know i have to make sure i have to do it for free you know that gets them in most of the time if you offer it for free um two in the training standpoint though uh like any trainer that you're getting your feet wet it's all trial and error you you, you don't know what you're doing in some sense um you just got to figure it out. But, you know, talking about a little bit of my background is I power lift for seven years um, at an elite level. So I've had a lot of strength and a lot of power explosive, you know, background and everything. Um, and I love baseball. Baseball is the most passionate thing in the world. And I've researched so much, researched a lot, researched everything. And, um, you know, reading Dr. Heenan, Eric Cressy, Jerry DeFlippo, um, Joe DeFranco, like this goes on and on. They're training these baseball guys and stuff and, you know, taking their pointers and taking my powerlifting background and kind of just mashing it. And just from there, it's just trial and error um, and just see what happens. Yeah. So now that you're kind of, you're, you've established your brand quite a bit. Um, so how do you, how do you go about adding clients nowadays? Do you still do it through reaching out through? Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah. Um, I actually had this conversation with my intern um, a week or two ago about how can we, you know, get the name out there and stuff. Um, so first what I did was the big portion of, was obviously my DMs. You know, I have to DM to get my name out there. Um, but there's a lot now. You know, where I'm at right now, what I'm trying to do and keep growing, there's a lot. There's the DMing part. There's just keep posting the content, keep posting kids on the stories going to their summer games like I did last year and the high school games. I went to Indiana. I went to uh, Wisconsin games. I went to all of these and just posting all these people. Um, and then word of mouth. Um, and obviously the big names that I have, you know, posting them, that helps a lot. Um, and then I would say, honestly, it's, it all comes back to the word consistency. If you don't be consistent with your business or, with anything you're doing, it's not going to grow. You just have to be consistent. But there's a lot of things. Um, but I would say the main ones are just DMing, word of mouth, and just content. That's the three big things. Okay. So how many clients are you currently up to now? Um, so I'm about a hundred and about 125 one-on-ones, and then probably I don't know. I I lost track, but probably over a hundred kids at bought the, you know, 10 week and 12 weeks. So, um, uh, about 125 one-on-ones I work with every single day and probably over a hundred that probably bought that, um, the program and stuff like that. So okay. uh, currently 125. Okay. So since August, has it been, has it been a pretty steady growth in terms of new client each month? Oh yeah. hundred percent. You know, like I said, um, I mentioned it a little bit. Um, I've been average. I just did this actually the other day because I was just looking at my finances and stuff, but I, I actually just kind of looked at it because, you know, the off season's ending. So I wanted to kind of review my off season of how well I did. And 
I've been averaging 19 a month since August. So it's been really, really well. Like my goal is to have double digits every month is so long as I get 10 a month, I'm happy. And I've been averaging 19. So it's been going very well. Okay. Okay. So let's kind of dig into the actual program that you actually go through. I know before, before we started the interview, we talked a little bit about it. You said you've got two programs in terms of uh, people, of what people can buy. And then you also have the virtual one-on-one stuff. So once once you do add a client, how does that process work and how do they go about selecting what option they want to choose? Yeah. So, um, honestly, um, when I reach out to kids and everything, um, I reach out to kids about the one-on-one. Um, that's why I, um, I don't really reach out to kids with, Hey, I have a 10 week or 12 week. That's in my bio. That's what everyone sees because people will DM me saying, Hey, I'm looking to buy the 10 week or Hey, I'm looking to buy the 12 week. But with the, um, the one-on-one it's very interesting because I don't go about it the same way as a lot of companies do. And with that is I don't really take anyone, um, meaning like you have to have a certain, certain part of you to join. And that is like, you have to have the consistency. You have to be committed to it and you have to have communication with it. You know, what goes with it is there's an evaluation and everything. Cause I've denied, I think about 60 kids in 2021. Cause they just, I didn't feel right with their, intentions and everything i felt like if they joined they weren't gonna be a good job of the reputation reputation with the with the brand and my business of they're gonna mess up and not stay consistent so um i don't i don't take everyone i i i make sure i have that phone call i talk for about 15 20 25 minutes i ask those questions and everything but um it's just the evaluation part is the first step seeing if they fit in if they fit in then we go about the assessment and then they fill out the assessment and everything of their, you know, metrics of their lifting, their baseball, height, weight, age, injury history, all that stuff. Um, and then making sure that the parents, if they're paying for it or themselves, if they're paying for it, making sure it's all good. They understand everything. Um, and then we kind of get things rolling with, you know, the programming. And then with the 10 and 12 week programming, uh, they ask me what it is and I give them two two posts of it that I posted and explains everything what it they is and they want it, they want it, they don't, then they don't. So uh, that's kind of how I go about the um, accepting clients. Yeah. Okay. So let's kind of dig into that evaluation piece of accepting the clients. So what type of questions do you ask these guys? So um, as far as when they join or, they have to during during the during the initial phone call when you're trying to figure out whether or not they're good enough. Yeah, yeah, program. yeah. So, like I said, um, I'm looking for kids that want to be consistent because if you're not going to be consistent with your stuff, you're not going to see progress. And that's what I mean with if you're running a business or anything, if you're not going to be consistent with what you do, you're going to waste my time. So that's another one. Is it's not really a question. It's how they respond to my comments and stuff like that is what I'm looking forward to. Um, you know, they have to be consistent. They have to understand this is a long-term commit. I don't take kids like short stints. Like people will message me, Hey man, I'm looking for like a one month, two month with you. I'm like, no, you know, you have to be here, you know, for a while, you know, because I don't want my time wasted. So it, it's more so of just like these statements and bullet points and everything. It's just how they react to what I say and everything. Um, 
and such. And you know, they have to communicate. You know, you got to make sure you're communicating with me with um, how things are going, sending your stuff to me, um, how you feeling, your showcase, your six or everything. What goes on that? You have to make sure they're prepared for that. But question wise, is um, it, it's like I said, I, I really don't ask questions. I go list off a lot of comments and bullet points and everything. And I just kind of look at like what they kind of approach it after I'm done talking with that. You know, if I don't feel like um, it's just not a good vibe of how they respond and everything, I just, um, I just don't want to, you know, if there's a kid saying like, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, like you gotta give me a nice, good response back saying, yeah, you know what? I'm that type of person that's going to be consistent with you. You know, I'm that type of person that's always going to be communicating with you, sending your stuff. Like I need those type of response back. Like if they don't, then this isn't going to work. Yeah. So have you ever gone through the evaluation and assessment um, had them as a client and then realized that they're kind of not the one. Oh, all, all, all the time. So how, how the, many, how many do you think you've done so far? How many people are like that? Yeah. How many people have you dropped so far? Um, so with that, that's a very, very interesting question. Um, so my first year of basically, yeah, 2020, Actually, I'm not going to count 2020. It's not really a really for sure. That was just more of like a trial. Like I said, the first six, we'll call it 2021 was my first big year, we'll call it. So uh, first year, um, honestly, I really didn't drop anyone in some sense just because like. Yeah, because you're still building your brand. Exactly. I wanted to keep going and everything. And it wasn't really until August I started really growing and growing and growing. And then that was only like five, six months ago. So but after reviewing everything and changing my business, January, I'm like, okay, I'm looking at my list and I'm dropping people that are wasting my time. And honestly, I've only dropped, I think, six people um, this year that's just been with me or whatever. But it's not much because that first year, I just wanted to keep growing and growing and growing. And honestly, not many people really wasted my time if the only people that really left were because they wanted to leave because they had basketball or um, high school and travel and working with me was too much. And they'll come back once the season starts. So there's no more high school or travel workouts. So honestly, like me alone, like dropping kids or wasting my time type of thing. I just started that literally a month ago. Okay. So do you have a, do you have a number in your head of how many kids you want to top out at as of this moment? Yeah. So Funny because last year, um, actually, no, 2020, um, actually, that leads into 2021. So in 2020, I was interning at the Bo Jackson Sports Dome um, in like October through February ish. So I was talking to the guy there. I'm like, you know, I'm at like, what, 30, 35 at the time, I think I was saying. And I'm like, I know it's kind of getting like overwhelming and stuff, right? People are coming and stuff like that. A lot of people are, you know, buying into this stuff. I was like, I asked him, I asked him that exact question. And he goes, um, well, it's just, he, all he said was, you'll know, like, meaning like, I, I, my, my brain will tell me like, what's too much. And it's funny because like, I say, I'm going to cap at 50. I'm like, that didn't work. So I'm like, okay, let's cap it 70. I just, I kept, I'm like, all right, 
because I can do it. I have a lot of time. I know I can do all this. Um, I think setting setting a number of capping is not good, and I think I've learned that. Just just go until you know. And right now I'm at 125. I feel good. Um, there, it's not overwhelming to me. No, I have. I think the reason why is because I have a great schedule and organize and and I organize myself very very well. Because um, it is tough, you know. I'm working with 125 athletes, and you know we're talking majority of them are high school kids, and we all know high school kids can be you know kind of a a pain sometimes with their communication skills, especially in this generation. But you know I followed a foundation and. I organize myself very well. And it's just funny because I keep going back to that. Like, I always remember that conversation with him. Now I said 50. Now I'm at 125. It's like, I think the numbers for me, I mean, I don't know. That's why I hired an intern, but not for that reason. But if it does, I have a guy, you know? So I don't think it's ever going to be a cap. If I do, maybe 200, Okay, I guess I would say is the number. So let's say you do hit that cap and you just know that you're like, okay, this is enough. What's going to happen? Are you going to kind of go through an evaluation of your client list and maybe drop some guys so you can add some uh, more high caliber players than some of your bottom tier? Or how exactly do you plan on going about that? Um, honestly, I don't have an answer for that because I just never thought of that yet. Um I think once it happens, then I'm going to have to, but I don't know. Um, like I said, I it, it takes a long time to grow. I think getting to 200 will take another two to three years, in my opinion, because people will leave. Not a lot, but um, people will leave and they'll come back. But uh, if that does happen, uh, no, I'm, I, I'm not going to take anyone away. It's just no one can join. I'm not going to get rid of anyone um, unless they are one of those kids that are wasting my time. Sure, now I have a slot open. But I'm not thinking of that because I know getting to 200 is going to take a long, long time just because it took me pretty much a year to go from, you know, 50 to 125, you know, 75 guys about a year. And I know, I, I know if I keep growing and have this pace and everything – I will get there, but I just don't think it's anytime soon. So I'm not going to really think about that. Yeah. So after that evaluation and assessment of the player, what goes on after that? How do they start the program? Um, What's the whole process behind that? Yeah. So when we have that phone call and we talk about everything, they're good. Then they fill out the assessment format and everything like that. And then obviously once they pay for their month or whatever they do, then we get the ball rolling. So how I go about the programming is 50-50. So what do I mean by that is 50% is their data. They ha- I have their metrics. I have their lifting metrics. I have their height, weight, age. I have their injury history. I have all their information that they're supposed to fill out for me. Then, obviously, going about the program, part two is my data. All the trial and error that I have, everything that I have down. So... I have everything in my Google Sheets of strength, power, speed, uh, plyometrics, med balls, core, list goes on and on. And I have exercises specifically for those categories. And all the exercises I have used that 
you know, works for me. And obviously after maybe a six month or four month period, I kind of look at the movement saying, okay, this isn't really working about this, but I have my own data and my own information from trial and error with these kids for the last year and a half or two years. And even my powerlifting career for seven years and everything like that. But I have my own database is my point. And that database is making sure that I'm looking at their metrics and what they need, because you're taking a 14 year old that's 140 pounds and only has maybe three months of lifting, but I could tell that they're very dedicated and stuff like that versus someone that's 16 years old and they're an advanced lifter. They're all, they're going to be different, but they're going to be in the same format. And this is where, how I program people is everyone is on a linear progression based. Unless you're at a high level um, experience um, training feat, um, but not always the case. But for majority of the people that join, they're all they're all on a linear progression based. So as the volume dips, the weight goes up, and then we recycle it. So I kind of do a eight five three format. So it'll be like a three by eight, three by five, three by three. And then we recycle it and the percentages goes up. So for example, um, three by eight at 66% I do. And then we'll do three by five at 75% and then three by three at 82%. Then we recycle that. So now we did three by eight, 66%. Then we do three by eight at 70%. So the weight goes up a little bit from the week prior. And then three by five, we did 75. Now we do 79%. And then the three by three, we did 81% or whatever I said. And now we're going to do 84%. And we just recycle it again and recycle it again and recycle it again. Um, and, and then we test. We like to test our three rep max every uh, six to eight weeks and our one rep max every eight to 10 weeks. And then we take that and then we recycle it again. Um, and that's kind of how I kind of go about the programming and everything. And then with the programming also is each kid has their own Google Sheets. Um, it's a week-by-week basis. Everything's updated automatically every Sunday to the new week. Everyone has their own um, med ball program, mobility routine, their arm care, throwing care, um, weight gain protocol, um, grip, um, ankle, knee stability series, speed and plyometric series. They have all their exercise lists, which I think is about 150 exercises. All of them have all the videos. They have the ramp up program for pile balls. All of them has all videos of all that. So that's what the one-on-one gets. They get all that information into that. But um, everyone, it's pretty much a linear progression. That's kind of how I go about it. It's a simple math because that's how I did it when I was in powerlifting. I just say linear progression. That's how I got strong. And that's how I train these kids until they get like a threshold of strength feet. Um, Then we kind of change it and modify it a little bit. But most kids are weak. You know, most kids can't deadlift 400 for reps, reverse, because we have our own um, kind of lifting feet to hit. You know, you got to hit this trap bar feet, this reverse launch, this front squat, dumbbell presses, landmines, uh, bird dog rows. Like, you want we want to hit that. Like, if you can hit 405 for five reps on deadlift, great. If you get 300 for one on front squat and reverse lunge, great. That's our base level. We're trying to get our athletes to hit too. So that's kind of what the little gist of kind of the programming. Yeah. So with those one-on-one clients, how, how many days a week are they lifting? Are they lifting five days a week? So this is a very, very 
great question because um, <clears throat> we're dealing with high school kids. And high school kids are sometimes, I mean, for the most part, because I get them right and they understand, but high school kids are sometimes kind of hard to fight with because they think like, and there's nothing wrong with having passion and loving going to the gym every day. There's nothing wrong with it. I love that. Like, don't get me wrong, but more is not better. Better is better. That's the answer. But I understand that these kids want to lift every day and everything. But you guys want to perform at your sport. You guys need the optimal recovery. So I would say um, for the off season, um, I have my guys doing three to four day splits in the off season. Very, very few are doing five, but majority are doing three to four. I think it's down the middle. I think it's like, you know, 60, 60, or it's pretty much split, but majority is three to four days in the off season and in season it's two to three days a week. Um, and I understand kids get a little frustrated and everything, but you know, when you come in a business standpoint, especially in the off season, especially kind of right now, December, January, February, like I'm in a tight pickle in a business standpoint, because like I said earlier, these kids have travel training. These kids have high school training and they have my training. That's a lot. Yeah. That's why we're not training five, six times a week. You're doing three times with me because you're doing, even though I hate it, this bull crap high school stuff. They don't know what they're doing because these kids tell me what their trainings are in high school is so atrocious. And the high school system needs to be fixed. But it will never be fixed. Um, same with these travel things. But that's why I do three to four days a week. Half the reason is because they're already working out at school, their high school, and their travel. Even though I hate it, even though it sucks, but that's kind of what I do. And kind of the other half the reason is it's just the recovery. And kids need to understand recovery. So, but three to four days a week off season, two to three days a week in season. Okay. So, how does the program work in terms of they send in videos to you, correct? Yes. So when they send in those videos, what do you watch them? What exactly do you look for? How does that whole process work? Yeah. So um, in their programming for the week, uh, let's just say they, they're on a three-day split. They have their day one, day two, day three, all in their new week. At the bottom of the list, they have the videos they need to be sent to me for the week. Um, they send it to me, um, and they – uh, send what it's listed and I look at it and it depends on the movement when I'm looking for, you know, if we're talking about front squat, the one big thing that I see athletes, especially mine is they can't hit depth and it's kind of frustrating. Um, but depth is a big one I'm looking for, um, elbows through and up, um, when front squatting, um, ankle mobility, you no know, trap bar. We're looking at, you know, a lot of things. I actually just posted about the trap bar on my page about the three things that people do wrong. Um, you know, it depends on the movement, you know, but I look at a lot of different things, uh, depending on the, the movement itself, but majority is the main movement work, which is our, the front squat, reverse lunge, trap bar. Um, so squatting variations, deadlifting variations are the ones that I need sent to me and then a couple of accessories and stuff. But, you know, I kind of just look at what the movement is supposed to look like. And I, depending on the movement is what they need to tweak of what I say. Okay. So 
Give me one sec. Sorry, I had like two questions. I had two questions and I lost them. Oh, give me one second. Um, so how how often are you talking to your clients on a weekly basis? Is it like an everyday type of conversation, or do they send in videos? So, yeah, um, I'm twenty four seven communications access. I respond within a minute to an hour, sometimes a couple hours, but I respond pretty damn quick. Um, there's 125. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I talk to each individual athlete at least three times a week. So very, very frequently, sometimes every day, depending if the athlete is, I don't know, they're just asking a lot of questions to me, yeah. whatever. But every single athlete, for sure, at the very least, three days a week, for sure, I talk to them. Because okay. that's how many days are working out. So at the very least, three days a week. Yeah. So are you helping them with their diet and supplements as well, or are you strictly just training? Yeah. So um, I find that a lot of kids are very, very underweight. Um, so I have that weight gain protocol, um, like I mentioned earlier, that that's listed in their services. So they have a weight gain log to follow. Um, but if they really want a specific thing, then we will work together. But majority is, you know, it's just following a consistent thing. Um, and majority needs to gain weight. Um, but everything is in their, you know, tabs and programs and their sheets to follow and understand protocols, whether it's weight gain, maintain and everything like that. But yeah, I do offer that, um, and it's just these kids just need to eat often. That's the thing, especially now when you're practicing and playing a lot. You just need to eat a lot. Yeah. So let's kind of dig in. Earlier, you said the majority of your clients are high school kids. Do you yes. have any? Do you have any clients that have moved on to college and stuck with you? Um. That would be. I think so. Since I started. Um, I've only had, so I have, I actually have a list, um, actually right here of how many I have with everything. Um, if I could pull it up right now, but honestly, I don't have that many. When I started, I didn't have that many, um, like, high okay. school kids at the time they were going into college. Okay. Um, but right now I have three pro guys, three college guys, um, and then the rest are all high school and then a couple of junior highs. Okay. So how does that work for those college and pro guys? Do they use your program instead of something the team gives them or do they do, do they do both? Yeah, pretty much. Um, that's exactly what it is. Um, some of them at some point in times and periods, like especially now when the team's getting ready, then yes. But, you know, for six, eight months at a time out of the year, they're with me strictly. And then maybe three months out of the year, four months, they, they are intertwining with me. But even with them, it's still mostly me. But um, that's uh, that's just it's, – it's very interesting because I don't think a lot of people understand that a lot of people work out on their own. Like you look at like even even MLB guys. Why do you think like Max Scherzer or um, Corey Kluber go to Eric Cressy in Florida? They don't train through MLB guys. They go to 
Yeah. You know, they, you know, some like a lot of people think like when they go to college, it's like, oh, they're following their strict thing and everything like that. You look at Trevor Bauer, for example. Um, he he did his own stuff in college. He didn't want to do whatever because he was trying to figure out what worked for him and it was working for him in high school. And when he left high school early, his senior year, um, he just did his own stuff going into, you know, going to college. And yeah. I think a lot of people don't understand that a lot of these college and major guys and minor guys do their own stuff or they work with someone outside, even pitching and, and um, um, hitching, uh, catching and, you know, hitters like Lance Lynn. I have a client that's wherever he's at. Lance Lynn trains at the same thing with, you know, um, as my client. And the, it's the just a trainer. And, would be Max, right? No, uh, Alexander. Oh. Uh, he 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 kind of has this guy that is a trainer, but doesn't think he's all that. I don't know. It's just I don't know. It's just it's interesting to see the point of a lot of these college and MLB guys and minor guys don't actually train with that college organization. I think a lot of kids don't understand that. And I think there's a lot more freedom than kids think about, oh, I'm not going to be training with my guy in high school that I did. Like, J.J. Watt still trains with his guys since he was in seventh grade back in Wisconsin. Like, he still trains with them to this day. So I think that's a big thing that kids don't understand when they get to college. It's like you don't have to work with your organization. Some obviously mandate it and make it, like, a strict thing, sure. But I don't know. It all depends. Yeah. Obviously, you mentioned earlier that, you're, you recommend the one-on-one -on -one program, but you do have those 10 and 12 week programs in your bio. So how does that, what exactly are those programs? How do they work? And what's the benefit of doing the one-on-one -on -one instead? Sure. So 10, to 10, 10 and 12 week is the same format of what I just talked about, but it's in a 10 to 12 week format, meaning you buy it. There's 10 weeks right there already, 12 weeks right there. Already. It's literally how I would do it. Um, for my clients, it's the same format layout, linear progression of the volume and everything. But the problem is, is I don't know the kids' maxes and stuff like that, right? So that's why I put percentages in those things for them to do um, and stuff. So with that, um, the things are laid out to 10 to 12 weeks. The only thing is that with one-on-one -on -one and the 10 to 12 week, the difference is you're getting a lot of time with me. You're getting a lot of um, information. You're getting all this stuff from me that, you know, you're getting the communications access. You're getting your med ball program. You're getting your, you know, one-on-one -on -one training that's week after week specifically for you. I think the major thing is the specific exercises and blocks and phases and programming designed just for you. It's obviously the major thing because it's one-on-one -on -one specifically designed for you. It's the major thing. And then all the other way more services you get and the 24-7 communications access is a big one because kids love that. Kids love getting the response back. And I think that's one of the bigger things that really makes me a lot better than other companies is I respond quick. People will email their stuff to them. They won't hear them for two or three days. Like I'll respond in an hour or yeah. one minute. That's yeah. how well, I am. I think that's one of the bigger things. I am different than other ones. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how you provide your best services, making sure you're 24 access. Exactly. Making sure that you respond within a quick period of time. That's what I try to do with some of the dudes I work with. But yep. 
uh, I kind of want to dig into the future of Evolve Baseball training. So we've talked about the program. We've talked about how you got started. Let's talk about the future. Let's talk about what exactly your end goal is and what your plans are here for the upcoming few years. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy because I, I, it's just a crazy last 16 months of growing. And, you know, obviously when you grow in a big portion in a small amount of time, it kind of gets overwhelming and it kind of gets you in that, in that state of like, kind of what you said, like, when, when is it too much? When do I need to slow down? It's like, you know, one thing I learned from Gary V is triple down, go harder than you ever did. So that's kind of what I'm doing is what I'm doing is I'm going to be DMing a lot more than ever. I'm going to provide a lot more content more than ever. I'm, I'm just doing more and more and more and more than ever. But big things I really want to do is travel a lot. I can't wait to go to Georgia. I can't wait to go to Indiana. I can't wait to go to Wisconsin. I can't wait to go to Florida. I can't wait to go to South Carolina. I can't wait to do go and travel this summer and watch all my clients and all these people play. Um, that's the one big thing I'm trying to do is travel. That's a big thing for the company. I think it's only going to help. Um, just getting all these people and providing, you know, the content of them and stuff. Um, travel is the big one. Um, another thing for the business is, like I said, I have numbers I want to hit, whether it's financial, whether it's clients, whether it's this or that. Um, but I set small ones. Like I'm at 125. I want to get to 150. I don't care when. I don't care if it takes another year. I don't care. I just, I just have small little goals like that. Um, but the big things with the business is I just want to triple down exactly what I've been doing for the last 16 months. What I've just been explaining, just triple it down. I want to travel more. And I would say the last one probably is it may confuse some people, but a lot of people don't understand people's, um, you know, uh, behind the scenes is this is the one of my faulties that I'm really trying to improve on. And it's only going to help my business 10 times more is all the downtime I have. I waste a lot of it. I really do. And I'm not going to lie about it. You know, just simple things like stop waking up at nine 30, wake up at seven 30 and spend that two extra hours that you have and put it into work. Just yeah. things like that is what I need to really work on. And, you know, January has been such a busy, like, month for me because it's the start of the new year and I was changing a lot of the business um, and improving everything. You know, I have my clothing line, my fourth launch coming out in March. I have all this new um, services and revamping the program and their everything for each individual kid. Uh, I'm planning out when I'm going to summer. Um, you know, I, I, I keep growing, you know, I had 21 kids that joined in January and just, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, keep it going. But by Monday, I'm fresh, I'm ready to go. I don't have to really worry about everything um, and everything, but I'm just really looking forward to travel. I'm really looking forward to meeting all these people I haven't met yet um, and stuff. So, uh, but triple down is, is, is the phrase of 2022 is triple down on everything. Okay, so uh, where can some people find this merch that you're talking about? So um, I wanted to do a website. Um, 
But I just, again, that's where it comes from my laziness on my downtime, and I'm not going to get it up in time with it. So it's, it's just act- – um, I have a, a very, very good website guy I've used for everything so far, and I'm sure yeah. if you give him the content, he can get it done by March. Sure. Um, but as of right now, I just do everything word of mouth. I just mentioned it's like 400 kids, 500, 600. I content it. I just spread it out and – and I just do it that way for right now. But um, I've been trying to do for the last maybe eight to ten months. Or I just, I just been, I just, I'm just. That's my, that's my faulty man. That's what I'm trying to make change is really get the things done and not waste some time. So, but I'll be up for taking um, anyone that knows anyone to help me, you know, set up a yeah. Cool yeah. my website or something. Yeah, maybe we. I've got some JKR podcast merchandise. Maybe we can do a trade off sweatshirt for a sweatshirt, something like that. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Yeah. So like uh, you, that. Me- you mentioned earlier that you have an intern. Do you plan? What exactly does the intern do? And do you see yourself adding more interns slash employees here in the future? Yeah. So I just hired him in January. He actually reached out to me. He's one of my clients. He reached out to me. He wanted to, this is what he wants to get into. He loves it. He's probably, honestly, when it comes to the business side and like lifting and wanting to learn like exactly, he's definitely probably the most passionate. So he asked me and uh, it's funny because last year I was trying to get an intern and everything. I was talking to this kid and everything. And after like three days, he just like ghosted me. I'm like, cool. Uh, I guess it was just too much of what I was asking for him to do and stuff. So I'm like, what? I don't know the answer. I just, I've never heard from him. I'm like, whatever. But, you know, Carson is a very, very good kid. Um, He's very hardworking, passionate. He's going to, um, I can't remember what school he's going to. Um, I can't, I can't top of my head, but, um, but he really wants to enter and really wants to learn and everything. So what he kind of does is um, he makes content. Um, content ideas, creates content on TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, so he creates content. His also duty is to, you know, create tasks I have to do for the week for the content. Um, his job is also to, you know, get kids to join the program and everything. So, you know, he's got to sell, uh, be a salesman and stuff like that, make content. Um, and then, you know, every week we talk about one hour of, building a business or building everything um, of whether it's learn how to write a program, whether it's learn the ins and outs of business, um, how to recruit kids, what goes on and on. So he's getting all the in-depth in and outs of running a business and stuff like that. But um, it's not many because it is online remote. It's not like we're in person. You can have 10,000 more other things, but since it's online remote, his main duties are just making content and doing the tasks I have for the week and just getting people in and, taking down notes and understanding what the business is and learning as much as you can. Yeah. So let's, let's like, we're talking about the future right now. Let's talk about the future here in 10 years from now. Let's say everything goes well, everything goes a plan. Could you ever see yourself opening a standalone building and becoming more, more than just online? Could you see yourself opening an app for it? Um, do you have any ideas in terms of um, that way? Yeah. So last year, um, it was about maybe fall, maybe September, October, November-ish, maybe that three-month period. So like four or five months ago in that period, 
I was really kind of considering heavily, like I was like for that three months, like every night I was looking at places. I was talking to realtors. I was doing this and that. Um, and then just come to a conclusion, you know, talking to all these realtors and, you know, finding a space and blah, 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 and all that. I kind of realized and took a deep breath and I'm like, wait, if your online business is going super well, why not just keep going with it? You know, I'm 24 years old and like, what's, it's not, it's not, it's not an impatient thing. It's not really a rush. It's not like what's, I mean, it is at the same time, but it's like, why not just keep growing this and growing it and growing it and doing very well? You know, all you're going to do is open something and spend hundred thousand dollars. You know what I mean? And, and no, know who's going to join. Yeah. I know I have good, no solid foundation of a lot of kids know me, but that doesn't mean that these kids are going to come in because I have a lot of kids all around the country and stuff like that. But you just don't know who's going to join and everything like that when I open it and everything like that. But it's, but for right now, uh, for sure, this year alone is I just want to travel and triple down. Next year, probably the same thing. And then, yes, I do want to open my own space. It's just not now. It's just silly for me to do because why not just keep making all that money and all that content and all that, you know, word of mouth and your name out there and everything. Just keep building and growing and growing and then do it. I just don't think that, especially now with COVID and everything, it's just, it's definitely not a good time. I just, I I told myself now is, probably three to five years i want to open the space but again anything can happen yeah again someone can call me a college can call me or whatever whatever i've had three four high school schools that you know called me and are interested of me training them but it just wasn't the things wasn't wasn't in the car to me to to my liking so i've denied you know to work with people and schools and stuff but just wasn't to me but Yes, the ultimate goal, though, in a 10-year period or five-year period, I would say, is to open my own um, facility. I do not want to expand it. I don't want to be having 10 of them or four of them, whatever. I just want to be in one standalone. Um, And probably here in Illinois um, is probably where, because Illinois and Indiana and kind of Wisconsin areas, like, they're really growing with talent, like, really growing in the Midwest. And it's like, let's just keep building it here. Yeah. So you mentioned you're traveling a lot this year. Uh, when are you going to Georgia and when are you coming to Indiana? So I have my list. Um, where is it? Give me 10 seconds. So here it is. So I have, I'm going to Westfield in June 14th through the 17th. Um, Westfield again, uh, the bullpen ABCs. 6th through the 10th, and then Georgia, WWBA, 7th through the 14th, and then Westfield again. Yeah. I'll, I'll be there too, man. We'll have to we'll have to. Yes. actually get to meet in person. Yes, sir. Um, and then another Westfield, July 15th through the 19th, and the other ones are like by me, like Wisconsin, Kenosha, um, Joliet, and area. But I'm going to Georgia, and the three Indians are the ones I really want to travel. I don't know about – I, and I probably want to go to Florida one that's in like October, whatever the Jupiter one. I'll probably go to that one, but that's, I don't have, I don't, I just have ones up to end of July and that's it. But I don't know yeah. about the fall but for yeah. summer. That's kind of what I have. Yeah. All right. So let's to end off the podcast. We're about an hour in so far. Um, 
obviously you, you're on you're an online social media based company, so you have to create a lot of content, as you mentioned throughout the podcast. But I kind of want to dig through a few of the tweets that I found here in these past few months. That I've kind of found interesting. I just kind of going to dig your brain on these. Yep. So here's one from January fourth. It was what supplements should should you take? Question mark. Sleep eight to ten hours. Recover good. Have four to five quality meals and track your good meals. Eat meat daily and then take creatine as the only supplement I'd like yep. to tell athletes to take. So kind of yeah. take me through that. What's the reasoning behind only creatine? Um, what's the what what what's the improvement from just eating just well, eating meat daily? Can you take me through that tweet? So one, people don't realize we're already born with creatines in our body. People don't realize that. But we're already born with creatine in our body. Creatine is the most Research safest, uh, cheapest supplement in the world. It's the most researched, bought, you know, cheapest, everything. So it's safe. Um, I recommend that probably at age 13, 14 to start. It's totally fine. Um, but yeah, creatine is whatever. It's fine. But the idea with that is I, I just – I think that's all kids need. Um, supplements as whey protein, to me, that's not a supplement. It's just a meal replacement just to get protein in. To me, that's not a supplement. Um, but having, like, beta alanine and all this other stuff, it's fine. But, like, kids don't need it. They're young. They don't need that. They need the proper body. What the body needs is the sleep and the recovery and, you know, Meat is the best protein you can have. Like, you, like to build the muscles, meat is the best way to build the best muscle protein, not from supplements of whey protein and stuff. Nothing wrong with it, but if you really want the best out of it, eat meat, just like what bodybuilders do. You know, they eat meat constantly, and that's why. Um, but it's just the basic things, like, Kids don't sleep enough because you're up all night. No wonder why you feel like crap because you're not sleeping enough. Yeah. You're not drinking enough water. You're not eating enough food and calories because you guys are always active and everything. No wonder why you feel like crap and you're not gaining weight or whatever. It's because you're eating 3,000 calories a day and then you're burning 1,000 of it. And you're only eating 2,000. You're just maintaining and maybe losing. So if kids can build that foundation of all that things, sure. Then you can take your beta alanine and whatever. But like kids, if you if you can't start with the basics of sleeping, eating right, consistently with it, taking their basic like you don't need the other stuff. It's a waste of money, especially weight gainers. They're a waste of money. Why spend forty dollars on something that will last you two weeks and then spend eighty dollars a month on weight gain when you can go and buy your banana, peanut butter, ice cream and stuff. And each of them ends up being like a dollar after you put everything in. That's just how I go about it. I just feel like kids are trying to get too fancy. That's my thing is kids are trying to be so cool and fancy, buying all this stuff and putting all this stuff in their body and stuff like that. Nothing wrong with it, but like get the basics down, get your sleep, recovery, mobility, meat, creatine, and you know, Get that down first, but way too many kids don't have that. And that's just how I go about it. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to tweet number two. I've got four of these tweets. So number two is good morning to everyone except the ones that make athletes run polls because it helps with recovery after throwing. 
Yeah, um, this is the most controversial thing of all of baseball. Um, it's the most controversial thing. Every strength and conditioning coach in baseball that's heavily like this. Um, I always listen to a podcast with Jerry DeFilippo. He's one of the bigger Twitter guys um, and everything. And a guy asked him this question. He's like, don't make me bang my head against the wall because he'll rant for an hour about why. But um, – <clears throat> Long distance running and running poles and icing your arm and ibuprofen are a massive no-no. Um, ibuprofen and icing just mask the pain. They don't heal it. Um, as obviously, um, the Rice Protocol, it was actually wrong. The guy from Harvard and uh, or whatever he went uh, came out in 2016 uh, when he came out to Rice Protocol in like 1970 or whatever said he was wrong. It doesn't work. It's all a myth. And he came out and said he was wrong about it. Um, <clears throat> so, and that's why Trevor Bauer, when he had answered that question, he never iced because it doesn't work. Um, unless obviously your bone's sticking out, your finger came off. Sure. But to ice your shoulder after your throw is only masking the pain. It doesn't work. It just does not. And the reason why people still run people, that ice and everything because that's what they've been told since 1970s or the late 60s of when it started but all these people are coming out and saying it doesn't work anymore um people saying lactic acid i get the lactic acid is not a thing it's a myth it's non-existent it doesn't it doesn't exist but people are in, in like the brain's already wired for the last 40 years with the generation before us when they, they were playing, it's just it, it's it's all a myth. It doesn't it's it doesn't exist. Um, so what should you do? I'm going to answer it with what you should do. Then is have a nice quality, great meal. Have a nice active recovery protocol of like sprints, yoga push-ups, um, some little plyometric and uh, bikes, and uh, maybe plyo care. That's how you get to get the body going, and that's what the guy said about icing and stuff and stuff it's movement is better you want to keep the body moving and stuff like that because icing does not heal the process it only delays the recovery that's what it does first step in the first step in the recovery process is getting inflammation into the body that's the first step in recovery but when you ice it delays the recovery and it degrades the inflammation but we need the inflammation to go up in order to recovery to start the process so um when you want to do eat good sleep good have a nice active recovery and do your plyo care and your band care and everything like that if you do all that you're, you're going to be fine yeah. so yeah all right well here comes tweet. tweet number three is good morning to everyone except to the ones that think in-season lifting is bad so is that kind of is that kind of a common theme? Is there a lot of people that think in season lifting's bad? So I don't think they use the word bad. They just don't work out in season because of two things. They don't have quote unquote time or they're gonna be quote unquote sore. So that's the two things of why kids don't lift in season. But here's the thing. I tweeted about this whether that last week or whatever. Is you're going to lift and do everything in September, October, November, December, January, right? Your five, six months of building all your strength, power, explosive, et cetera, et cetera. And then go into season in March and stop lifting for what? To have your joints, muscles, 
your tendons all messed up, lose 10 pounds, your all-time high of your strength diminishes while you're trying to throw a ball at a, at a crazy amount of RPM, and you wonder why you're hurt and you're sore, you feel like crap because you stopped lifting. Why are we, why, your, your body goes, what are we doing now? I was so used to throwing at this body style. Now my body style has diminished. I'm trying to throw at 110%. That doesn't correlate with it. And you're going to come into September, you lost 10 pounds, your lifts and your maxes and your 60 time, what goes on and on, is back to where you were last off season. Now you have to spend two, three months of catching up. Now it's December. And it's just kids don't understand because they don't have time or they just feel like they're going to be sore. You're not going to be sore if you're consistent with lifting If because you, your body's adapted. You shouldn't be sore. Like if you keep consistently lifting, your body's already adapted where you can't be sore. But the reason because is because kids just think like I, they don't have time and stuff. Like I, I, it, it's one of the most annoying things I deal with and I see all the time, but it's a lot of causes of kids getting hurt. They lose weight and they feel like crap. They don't perform well. It's because they stop lifting. It's a hundred times more important than the off season. There's no debate about it. It's super important, especially the nutritional part, your water, your food, your calories, everything needs to be on the all time high because you're playing nonstop. You're burning more calories, but kids don't want to hear this stuff because it's too much for them. And it, that's, they, that's just it. They don't want to hear the truth, but just lift two to three days a week. Yeah. Keep that body stimulus good and stuff like that. But it's because kids don't have time and everything. And I always ask the question is, what are you going to do when you go to college? That's my response to that. What are you going to do when I get up at 5 a.m.? Go to train. Then go to school for six hours or five hours, whatever. Then you have to go to practice. And then you have to study for four hours a night. And then stay up to 2 a.m. And do it again at 5 a.m. Like, you have no choice. So start now is my yeah. thing. Yeah. Get used to all that stuff. Because it's coming. It's not hard. It's two to three days a week of training, and it's, it's 45 minutes to an hour because kids are just full of excuses. So that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Okay. So I've got one last tweet before we end off the podcast. Kind of want to dig into this one. It is, I truly believe the younger you get in the weight room, the better off and further along you're going to be ahead of your peers. Most kids don't get serious until 16 years old. If you start yep. at 13 or 14, you have two to three years ahead of your peers. Yep. So what's kind of the what kind of age do you think is best? And what's kind of your advice for some of those younger kids that are getting in the weight room? Some things that they should be careful about. Yep. So with that is I see way too many kids, and I saw this last summer. A lot of kids that were sophomores are the same position they were juniors. And this comes back to these kids get the old crap moment. They're 16, 17 years old, they're juniors, and they're the same players they were sophomore. Because they didn't work, they didn't. They, they now they're now they taught now they're taking it serious. Now they're really getting into gym junior year. But if you start there your freshman year, eighth grade, that's two three years ahead of them. Nothing crazy. Just work out two to three days a week for these kids. By they instilled everything, their form, their strength, and everything like that. That's why I have really good freshmen like Mason Barth is one of the 
in my opinion, the strongest freshman baseball player in the country. I mean, that kid is a freshman. He's already deadlifting five, reverse lunging 315, front squatting 315, back squatting four. Like, he's the strongest. And he's only 185 pounds, but he's a freaking nature. He's one of the best shortstops, you know, in the state, in Indiana. And, you know, it's it's the younger you can start, the better. Because I hear way too many college guys and everything like that is the one thing they really regret or they really spend time more on is the weight room earlier because the weight room will change your life. It just will. But a lot of these kids say, I want to go division one. I want to be this guy. I want to start this. I want to do that. But their work ethic is so poor. Like, and then they go to junior. It's like, Oh, I have no D one offers. Oh, this and that, and it's like they get the oh crap moment, and then they kind of start working. Half of them really start working, and they start working. They realize they're not D one anymore, not to sell for JUCO or D two, or half of them is you know what? I, I I think my playing time is over. I don't think I'm gonna play after college. The sooner you get in, the younger you can get a kid to understand how important nutrition, sleep, recovery, lifting is in eighth grade freshman year. The, the, the better off they're going to be. There's too many kids who are 15, 16 years old, 120, 130, 140, 150 pounds. You're six foot. Why aren't you 170, 180? So the younger, the better, just because if you get these kids to wire their brains at a younger age, they start loving it. They start taking it seriously and they become better athletes. Instead of these kids who are 16 years old and they have this regret of like, oh, I'm a junior now. I'm the same person as I was sophomore year. So the younger, the better is always my quote. And I love having, it's funny because in 2020, in 2021 summer, um, I had my average was a junior client. Now this upcoming summer, my average is a sophomore and I'm super happy. The younger kids are coming and I love it. Yeah. Awesome, man. Everything, everything I heard today, I love to hear it. Um, I follow, I followed you now here for a few months. I love the growth you've been doing. Um, I'm looking yep. forward to all the growth that you're going to continue here these next few years here on in the future. Um, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing you maybe at Grand Park this summer or even in Atlanta for the WWBA. Uh, it'd be nice to finally meet you in person. Like I said, maybe do that uh, JKR podcast merchandise swap for uh, one of your guys' sweatshirts or something like that. So yeah, I'll have, I'll have a couple of hoodies in t-shirts um on the side and i'll make sure you know we'll we'll get together and um you know one of the tournaments in grand park or georgia or whatever but i'll have that noted um when i talk to uh, my guy and have that on the side for that awesome yeah uh andy i really appreciate you coming on the show today like i said i'm looking forward to seeing what type of future you guys have with evolved baseball training um so yeah thank you for coming on i really appreciate it yeah, I appreciate you having me on my first podcast experience and, um, you know, love to come back on and talk about more stuff. Um, and uh, I really appreciate you having me on. It was a great time. And there we go. Another great episode in the books. Like I said, I believe this is my longest episode of season two so far. So that's going to break my record. Um, just some great content today. Learned so much from Andy just about the weight training industry. I didn't have that much knowledge in it um, before going on to today's episode. 
But learned a lot from Andy. I'm curious to see what he does with his company these next few years. I know he's built it pretty quickly um, since 2020, as you can see in the episode. Um, but just make sure to tune in next weekend as I have Fort Wayne native, Illinois State alum, Hayden Jones. He's with the Cincinnati Reds. Also got Alabama baseball commits, um, Nash Wagner and Ahmad Duff. They're the number one and number two players in Indiana for the class of 2024. So I'm excited to have all three of those guys on. All three of those episodes next week will be available on YouTube as well. So make sure to check that out. Um, just thank you for the support so far. Um, season two has been going off. Um, make sure to follow us on social media, on LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. On TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, we're at JKR Podcast. Under, sorry, at JKR underscore podcast. Also, check out our website at www.jkrpodcast.com. Um, just a lot of great content coming out right now. Um, so I'll catch you guys next week, and I hope you guys enjoy those interviews.